at 19 hours and 58 minutes. I'll get Bellarabon into your system before then. Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. This is not mission difficult, it's mission impossible. And Mason Kuzmich. Hey guys. And on today's episode, we have a special guest with us, uh, John Mount. How are you doing today, John? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing not going good. with a pseudonym? Uh, he didn't give me one, so... Do you want to pseudonym him? We're too going... We can, we can start over. It's not too late. John Mount is his pseudonym. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guys, a, this is Joe Rogan that mask. we're talking to. Right now. <laughs> Voice modulator. Uh, on today's episode, we're talking about Mission Impossible 2, a film following Ethan Hunt as he is recruited by the Impossible Missions Force, IMF, to find and destroy a dangerous biological weapon called Chimera. What'd you guys think? I love it. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, Easily the not. best Mission Impossible movie, yeah, hands he's, down. He's holding up his sarcasm flag. Right I'm now. not. I'm not at his all. I'm looking. Flag. I'm looking into your eyes, and you look serious. I can't. <laughs> that, that's the thing with Mason. You can never tell when yeah. he's joking. And no, when he's you serious. can tell. Those, those dead eyes. <laughs> you think you can tell? It's always. It's always. <laughs> oh, okay. maybe. Maybe it's a state he, of being. Maybe he's never joking. Maybe he just has terrible opinions on everything. I'm just. Ooh, that just got really personal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but I'm used to it. I'm. Honestly, I think I might be more entertained by this movie than I have been by any other Mission Impossible movie. It's a, you know what? It's, it's I, a I, stupid I'm not gonna say, movie, but it's yeah. a fun, stupid I'm movie. I'm not going to say it's necessarily better in terms of writing quality or, I mean, it's mostly, it's, nice di- it's mostly it. the dialogue, I think, and, and, and the weird-ass sto- convoluted story that doesn't need to be that complicated, but it is a very entertaining movie. I mean, I said that when we did our first Mission Impossible was that I, I understood from like a logical standpoint that Mission Impossible 1 is a better movie than Mission Impossible 2, but I have more fun watching Mission Impossible 2 than okay, 1. I but feel if, like 1's probably the most boring of all of the Mission Impossibles. If Mission Impossible 2 is more entertaining, could it not be argued at least oh, that it's a better movie? We've had this argument so many times. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. What, what determines what makes something the better movie? Do I like to watch it? How much money it I mean, makes. That is, that is one opinion. Yeah. I think Mission Impossible 1 has better story, better filmmaking, better acting, but maybe isn't as entertaining. So it's like, well, you know, which one's better? Which one's better? It's, it's yeah. how much money they made. That's it. Well, there That's you all go. You okay, Mission Impossible, all right. Mission <laughs> Impossible Avatar 2. is the best movie okay. ever made. Oh, no. I want you to realize what you just said. Of, uh-huh. all the mission, of all the Tom Cruise movies we've watched, this movie has made by far the most money. So well, this is I the think best Tom Cruise movie we've ever watched. Right, it's going in number one on my slot then, in my uh, rankings. Oh. Yeah, Andrew, is that number one in your uh, slot? No. <laughs> I do not like this movie. I find it to be the most boring of all the Mission Impossible movies. Okay. Um, I have a thing where I'm bored by things like bad dialogue and like, plot exposition and like, it would gun you know, like slow motion that doesn't matter. Motorcycle fights. Or just fights. like doves that don't contribute anything. Honestly, contribute everything. Fights. I am hugely bored by motorcycle and okay. Okay. Chases usually, 
Um, so yeah, that's Wait, why I tend to like the later Mission Impossible movies. What cause... about what about car chases where the physics don't make sense? Uh, nope, usually not a huge fan of those <laughs> either. So yeah, but uh, you know that's just my thing. Apparently, everybody else loves this better than all the other <laughs> Mission Impossible movies. I didn't say they that. <laughs> no, everyone agrees with me, Andrew. I think oh. I at least a hundred million people that bought tickets agree with you. I, I mean, think so. at, I think at best this is the fourth best Mission Impossible movie. Now I will probably s- fifth best. I will say. If the original cast of the TV show thought that the first movie was a little too action heavy and a little uh, a little too bad of a script, I mean, gotta wonder what they thought about this one. Yeah, actually, you don't have to wonder at all. A huge it's... fan of this one. <laughs> they were probably did not even go see it. You just saw John Woo's name attached and like, oh, oh no. Yeah, they so were probably all dead. I tend. This is going to sound really condescending. Wow. Um, I tend to like movies that reward my sustained attention um which it's okay if you don't but like i enjoyed this movie but it's mostly because i was on my phone during all the boarding scenes which was probably collectively like 40 minutes of the movie listen you know, I, anytime I, someone's talking and not backflipping or shooting or exploding <laughs> um, i don't think it adds a lot to the movie i i enjoy movies that reward me intellectually on some level like i liked magnolia but i also I also like dumb movies. I just like movies. It's good. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If you like all movies, then I can't. <laughs> oh, I do like this because it is a movie. Not all movies. Oh, I, wanna, I, 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 wanna... believe, I believe we've clearly heard movies he does not enjoy. Catwoman. <laughs> well. Was it Losing It? Is that it? He's, also he Losing It. He severely underrates Losing It. I know what? I hate that what? movie, but you underrate it. What? Cocktail is worse. No, it is. It's no. so much worse. No, no. Anyway. No. Have you seen any of these movies? I haven't seen about? any of those movies. <laughs> Did you, <laughs> you never see the Halle Berry Catwoman? I never saw Halle Berry Catwoman. It's a good thing you've seen the basketball scene from Halle Berry's Catwoman. <laughs> no, right. we'll have Please to show d- that describe to you it later. in lurid detail. <laughs> just yeah, it'll. Now as we're going, I'm just going to pull back. it up on the computer and show it to you, and we'll keep doing the podcast. Oh, please do. Well, okay, while he does that, uh, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of Mission Impossible Two. Biochemical expert Dr. Vladimir Nikorovich sends a message to the IMF for Ethan Hunt, an old friend of his, warning that his employer, Biocyte Pharmaceuticals, forced him to develop a biological epidemic to profit from its remedy. He arranges to meet with Ethan to deliver the Chimera virus and its cure, Bellerophon. With Ethan on vacation in incommunicado, that was a weird way to say that, Wikipedia, the IMF sends Agent Sean Ambrose disguised as Ethan to meet Nikorovich on a passenger plane. Ambrose goes rogue, killing Nikorovich and stealing Bellerophon before his men destroy the plane. Well, okay, see, that actually resolves one of my many questions from the early parts of the movie, is why Nikorovich was calling Tom Cruise Dimitri. And I, I just, I don't know, I didn't catch it. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention to know that they were apparently longtime friends. Yeah, friends, yes. But not like Long-time real penises. friends because they don't know his Yeah, he not real friends because he, yeah, he's using an alias. Well, yes. But, yeah, you know, spy, spy friends. Stuff. Yeah, spy friends. 
Yeah, this uh, this beginning was my favorite part of the movie. Oh, um, right. Oh wait, this included the rock climbing, right? I wasn't paying attention. When uh, yeah, well, the rock climbing came in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's our great mic stand. So yeah, there. I'm Super sorry. High quality. But can we talk? Why are they friends? This is this is. I just didn't even think about this. But Ethan, just Ethan Hunt is just friends with some old uh-huh. scientist. It's yeah. not. Yeah, ninety percent of your I mean, job is to just make friends with just, biotech. Just some random employee like buying a, a lot. I don't know why He's in, what Australia or something. Why was Marty McFly friends with Doc Brown? I mean, because he was creepy, the creepy right? guy asking, next yeah. door. Asking the real question here. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a Doc Brown issue. There was something <laughs> Actually, wrong with that hundred percent. Yeah, it was a very inappropriate relationship. No, that's a good point. I don't. Uh, I don't uh, really we'll, know. we'll add that to the list of unanswered questions and plot holes in this movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had, uh, yeah, last movie, what do we, we had that one, like, agent that was like a flight attendant, and it seemed like 90% of her job was being a flight attendant, and then but she 10% also of her job mission was briefings. giving mission briefings yeah. to IMF agents. Yeah. So I guess part of your job, if you're an agent, is to just also just make friends with people. Yeah, see, if we, if we didn't, if we, we dad didn't do Unsung Heroes back when we did Mission Impossible, but seriously, those agents whose job it is to just yeah. be a flight attendant and hand out missions. Yeah. True, true heroes of the film right That's there. That's true. Yeah. Actually, that might have been our first Unsung Heroes episode because I feel like we might have talked about that. Talked yeah. about the uh, fire, fire. <laughs> Whoever the guys that they would have stolen the fire truck from oh. would have been. <laughs> yes, that well, true. And uh, and in this one, you got the guy firing the sunglasses rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. They kind of skip over that. I guess there's not really a lot to say about the rock climbing scene. It's ridiculous and crazy. It's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Set to uh, what is that fucking song? I, I, I don't know, I, but I think he throws his Oakley's at the camera and they explode into the credits, which is just a wonderful way to open the movie. It really sets expectations. Mason. Sorry. Right, I'll, Bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Mason keep singing. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I got to no, echo, echo. That's cool. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, IMF Commander Swanbeck, played by Anthony Hopkins, informs Ethan of the circumstances of Nikorovich's death, and they defeat, determine Ambrose is responsible. Swanbeck tasks Ethan with recovering the virus and its cure, and has him recruit Naya Nordoff Hall, a professional thief presently operating in Seville, Spain. Naya was recruited as a part of the team to trace Ambrose and his team and kill them since she is Ambrose's ex-girlfriend. Ethan reluctantly convinces her to spy on Ambrose. Uh, Naya Nordoff Hall, played by Tandy Newton. Yes. Yes. I like how they kind of demonstrate her to be a very, uh, very effective uh, cat burglar, knows what she's doing, and they don't want her for that. They don't want, like, they immediately take away any skill that she has. Yeah, yeah they even call it out of the, the movie. movie. He's just like, so we're going to use her excellent burglary skills, right? And they're like, no, it's uh, she's, you know, gonna, she's dating this guy. Yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's it's almost like they her. were, like, trying to pass the sexy lamp test and then decided to just make her a sexy lamp. Oh, yeah, we don't have time to, like, write dialogue. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's like, I mean, we, we have the bare bones of a fleshed out character, but nah, she's just going to be there to bang a dude. We'll couple dudes. Yeah. Uh but yeah, can we please talk about the uh the car scene with the with the phone oh, call? Oh yeah, I and the, the I completely slow forget motion so zoom many in of on the scenes. face. That's my favorite part of the movie. Where, where yeah. <laughs> I mean that was pretty great. They're cutting to each of their reactions and zooming in and then also, yeah, just the cars smashing into each other. And Ethan Hunt's hair is just Almost flowing sending gloriously. Them off the cliff. And it just cutting back between each of them just laughing. Just laughing the whole time. Well, not the whole time. Until they almost die. But, you know. 
I don't remember them laughing at and all. I remember probably, them being oh, terrified. No, there, there was a portion there where they were like both smiling and like they were having a good time because it's, it's when they start to get like, you know, sexually attracted. Because yeah, they're good drivers. That's right. what they look yeah. for. I feel like that yeah. probably happened when she mounted him in the bathtub at the Well, there's that too. Mansion. But, you know, with the, you know, with the one where, the, where they had the softcore porn music playing over top. That to was really, the entire movie. Yeah, to really drive home <laughs> yeah. what was happening there. Also, speaking of Tom Cruise being friends with people, did we establish how he tricked them into thinking he was their security chief? He's a really good spy. And, like, uh, got a button that sets off the alarm to their safe and... Everything. I think. It, I think he just. Maybe he's just. He's spying a lot. He's a really good <laughs> spy. Yeah. He already had connections. He's just got like fifty undercover personas that he has to attend to at all times. Yeah. And his security, his head of security persona is Mister Keys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's a plus marketing right there. <laughs> this is my partner, Miss Locks. <laughs> That's my, that should have been my pseudonym for this. <laughs> Mr. Keys. <laughs> we can go back. Yeah, we'll dub that in. <laughs> yeah. Leave it in, Doug. Huh. Oh, Doug's back. No, he's not. Oh, we sorry. killed Doug. Is he canonically dead? <laughs> Do we have a producer anymore? John has no idea what we're You could have about. just killed a guy wearing a Doug mask and a voice modulator. You never know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it's, what it was. We've got our new, our new producer, Mr. Keys. No, hang on. Yeah. Sorry. Mr. Mr. Soundboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Soundboard. Oh, no, wait. He's taking his mask off. It was Doug the whole time. <gasps> All right. Uh, Ethan assembles his team, computer expert Luther Stickle and pilot Billy Baird, in Sydney, Australia, where Biosite Laboratories are located and Ambrose is staying. As Ethan stakes out Biosite, Naya rekindles her former relationship with Ambrose and relays information to Ethan's team. At a horse racing event, Ambrose meets with Biosite CEO John C. McCloy. He shows McCloy a memory card video of Chimera affecting one of Nikorovich's colleagues before blackmailing McCloy into cooperating with him. Naya steals the camera's memory card and delivers it to Ethan. They, te- uh, they learn that Chimera has a 20-hour dormant period before it causes death by mass destruction of the victim's red blood cells. Bellerophon can only save the victim if used within that 20-hour window. When Naya discreetly returns the memory card to Ambrose, he notices it, he notices it is in the wrong pocket of his jacket. This paragraph is reminding me of how difficult it is to keep track of the plot in Mission Impossible <laughs> movies. It's very circuitous. Yes. Not a hugely important part of the movie. I mean, their plan's very complicated. It's it's part of the spy business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the the you know, the big part of the plan, I guess. Like, you know, like this is it's also the part where uh where Ambrose realizes Nia's and you know, not a you know, you know, copacetic, you know. <laughs> And it's what? <laughs> it's the only time Naya is using her, you know, her cat burglar skills. Oh, yeah. Bur- yeah. Burglar skills. yeah. She picks and, she, pocket. and she screws it up. This is the most basic thing. She just puts it in the wrong pocket. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, but they do she's, get that she's very. She's just a honeypot. That's they, it. Basically. <laughs> they do get that Not really cool shot of her well, uh, I mean, dropping. It's like slow mo dropping the paper down to her hand so she could hide it from him. Very but see, cool. But see, honey- nice slow mo. I mean, honeypots are still like spies with training. She's like the honeypot without any of the necessary training. Mm-hmm. She's just an attractive woman. Yeah. Did she like know him oh, before God. this? Ambrose. That, yeah, yeah. They, they had a former relationship. Okay. Yeah, that's, I was that's gonna say, whole, why did they get like Maggie Q or something to nah, do this? That's the know? whole reason they got her. They so he they would picked her. Was, her. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she she was the only way that they could get close to Ambrose or something like that. Using her her women womanly wiles. So honestly, it kind of reminds me, um, like. 
first it was either the first or second uh episode of the old ass tv show again all of it that i watched but uh all all of the characters have this uh have this specialty right like that's kind of the the shtick with all of mission impossible but the uh when they got around to the to the woman on the team telling what her specialty is it, uh, she just said, oh, I just do what comes naturally. And just went and uh, flirted and hit on people the entire fucking time. No, yeah. there, that's it. It's, so you know what, Tom Cruise's specialty is flirting. Tom Cruise's yeah. specialty is everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so basically that person was Jennifer Lawrence from Red Sparrow. Uh, yeah, 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 basically. No, they're, they're just, they're keeping it true to the source material. Was, that, was she not good in Red Sparrow? Was Red Sparrow not Red, good? Red Sparrow was an entire movie about Russian spies whose only job was to be complete sluts. But that's oh. at least that's a that's at least a real thing. Right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. it's true. But she had like no combat training. Like none of the training she went through was combat training. It was all in the art of seduction and being willing to take your clothes off in front of people. Oh, okay. It was a bad movie. That's <laughs> and she does not do a good Russian accent. So <laughs> don't go see Red Sparrow, everybody, unless you really, really want to see Jennifer Lawrence naked. I, I, I really, really don't. I mean, well, there you go. Is this Idris movie's Elba not for you. In there naked? No, Joel, Terry Joel Edgerton's in it, but not naked. Joel Edgerton naked? No. no. Okay. Damn it. He's pretty in naked. In that in, movie. I mean, he's in like little skimpy, skimpy little swim trunks. Well, you see that from the trailer. <laughs> Anyways, back to the movie we're actually oh, talking right. about. What are we? Uh, where were we? We're at the horse racing part. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the scene where I started looking at my phone for 10 minutes, and then I looked up, and I was like, oh, my God, they're still at the horse race. <laughs> this is also a scene where a bunch of people like really conspicuously take out binoculars and start staring at one another. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. And they're talking to their binoculars the whole time. <laughs> yeah, while standing next to other people. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and Luther runs up and sweatily hands off a camera to Tom Cruise. Yeah. Why didn't Tom Cruise just already have the camera? All right, so moving on. We wanted, we, to see, <laughs> we wanted to see Luther. Like, we, why did Luther have to sprint over there? And can we talk about the cameras in this film? There's like two different cameras that they use, and each of them is like this, like Little Tykes, my first fun time camera. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, and this is come, this is from IMF. They built freaking video Oakley sunglasses. Oh my god! Yeah, why doesn't he? Do, why isn't he just wearing they spent sunglasses <laughs> just to give that, messages? Yeah, to that's they, that's where their whole budget is going. They send a helicopter with, with the, like uh, we need to we need to engineer killing. a sunglasses <laughs> missile for this. But then whenever it comes to the cameras are like, oh god, I don't know how we could possibly make this camera smaller than a brick. There's no way. It's two thousand, right? Five dollar disposable camera yeah, from Target. Yeah, why don't they just have a pair of sunglasses with like a little memory card slot? Yeah, maybe. There, like, there we go. Yeah, yeah, would've been great. In fact, right. in the last movie, wasn't a pivotal pivotal part of the plot being that they did have glasses that could record things? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was well, how they busted them. This little glasses and. It, yeah, there we go. Might have solved some problems. They're going Maybe backwards. They can only live stream. They're going backwards. They don't hold much oh, yeah. <laughs> they can only live stream. Yeah. Then live stream it and have Luther record it back on the. Whatever. Yeah. You know, well, whatever. Know. No, we just we just needed that gigantic Use your camera, camera, Ethan, but don't hit it too I mean, hard listen, or the flash will go off. Listen, if you. If you, <laughs> you got to push this button a, a bunch to. You got to crank this crank to recharge it. All right, wait, wait. Okay, I think I got it. Uh,. Are you in focus? <laughs> <laughs> you got to hey, hold help. it down, Ethan. Hold hold it down. Luther, help me with this. And, and meanwhile, Sean Evers just walks up behind him. Just, what the fuck? <laughs> movie over. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, though, if you, if you look at any movie closely enough, you're going to find some small, minor plot holes and little things to criticize. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Mason's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there's only a few small details. To tiny. Criticize. Yeah, only tiny yeah. things. Tiny details. So far, physics is all working correctly, uh-huh. as far as we know, uh-huh. other than the rock climbing scene. No, that was 100%. He's accurate. holding up the sarcasm flag again. Uh, I will actually say that uh, Tom Cruise did not do all of that, but somebody did all of that rock climbing stuff. So it it is actually possible to do that. It just logically wow. makes no sense to leap from one side of the rock face to the other while free soloing. Well, not to not to <laughs> not to jump into the trivia section here, but Tom Cruise did that and he tore his shoulder doing it. Oh. Yeah. Yeesh. You know, it does almost like a it's commitment. It puts his uh, stunt thing in like a different context. Like it's kind of weird that he wants to do all these extreme stunts in every movie. But like, mm-hmm. what if he insisted on doing the extreme stunts, but also actually just made stuntmen do it instead of him? <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah somebody did the halo dark. jump in number five, but it wasn't Tom Cruise. That'd be pretty dark. <laughs> pretty. Uh, That's how he gets his jollies. That's how he gets his gun <laughs> off. Oh. I want to see you almost die, and or actually die in the case of like Top Gun. Well, that's true. Wait, did a stuntman die in Top Yeah, Man? one of the stunt I'm pilots I'm sure we talked died. about that. Yeah, the, the stunt pilot who filmed the uh, flat spin. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, he... The he one had, that killed Goose? Yeah, he ended up crashing his plane and dying during, right. during filming for that that's movie. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, there was probably an actual person doing the same thing that Tom Cruise did in the water with their good buddy. Well, he, it was one dude in a prop plane. Who was just spinning his plane around. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Continue. Uh, Ethan's team kidnaps McCloy to force him to give up Bellerophon. However, the only Bellerophon samples were taken by Nikorovich and are now in Ambrose's hands. Ambrose has a cure, but does not have the virus, unbeknownst to him at the time. Uh, yeah. Nikorovich injected himself with Chimera to smuggle it out of Biosite. Ambrose plans to exchange a sample of Bellerophon to McCloy for a sample of Chimera. Ethan's team breaks into Biosite to destroy the virus before the exchange can take place. Ambrose, posing as Ethan, tricks Naya into revealing the plan, then captures Naya and raids Biosite to secure the virus. Uh, Ethan is able to destroy all but one sample of Chimera before Ambrose intervenes and a firefight ensues, culminating in the sample being dropped on the floor between Ambrose and Ethan. Ambrose orders Naya to retrieve the sample. She instead injects herself with it, preventing Ambrose from simply killing her after she has retrieved it for him. Naya insists that Ethan kill her to destroy the virus, but Ethan is unwilling to do so, and Ambrose takes Naya away as Ethan escapes from the laboratory. God, they really went all in on making this Chimera thing as complicated and convoluted as possible. I'm telling you, the plots are always really complicated in these movies. Like, take anyone and just, like, really try to plot exactly what's happening in your head, and it's difficult to keep track of it all. Yeah. And, like, I feel like they're really proud, too, of this this Chimera Bellerophon reference that they came up with <laughs> because they spend, like, three minutes explaining it. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason why. More- it, sh- it should just be because we created uh, this really bad disease and we call it Disease X. And then there's an antidote. They explain so, it more than once. Yeah. Like, they have the intro with the Russian dude explaining it. And then later on, Ethan explains it to his whole team. And then, like, well, don't you also, get it? Does he also it explains reference the reference to this of, obscure yeah. mythology help of, you to understand how diseases and antidotes work? Just, no, just tell me it's a big, bad disease. And then we have the thing that makes it good. No, this, this disease turns people into lions with snake tails. No, if it did that, I'd watch this movie again. <laughs> Ethan, stop <laughs> explaining mythology to me. i got to finish this purchase order for a motorcycle. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to say that uh, upon reading this, I realized that I've watched this movie 
multiple times, and I don't think I ever really followed the plot any of the times because I'm learning stuff here. No, I've I, watched this movie a lot. I mean, that's the brilliant thing. I mean, I specifically say the plot is convoluted because when I saw the sixth Mission Impossible movie, the second time I tried to like tell myself in my head, like, what's happening? Like, who has these nuclear bombs that they're going after the whole time? And what's their plan at any given point? And it's completely incomprehensible. Like, it kind of makes sense, but it's just really complicated, and it doesn't actually matter to how the movie plays out. And that's, like, the brilliance of Mission Impossible, is that it's... That makes it feel like an interesting spy thriller, but it's really just an action movie. Yeah. I mean, really, the whole the whole point is you're going from set piece to set piece to set piece and watching things explode and gunfights. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. this, this whole part here about how, like, Ambrose thinks he has the virus then he finds that he doesn't have the virus because you can only transport the virus inside a person or something like that i missed that whole fucking scene mm-hmm. yeah i was just i think i tune out every time i watch it during that hospital scene where they're getting the info out of mccloy because i'm like okay there's nothing that's blowing up i don't yeah. want to watch this but, but that laboratory scene is pretty dope though it's yeah it's a crazy over the top <laughs> gunfight but for some reason i like it a lot well and like the thing is even though you don't even though the plot's kind of convoluted and hard to follow it does a solid job of setting up who the bad guys are just how bad they are and you know ethan's got to stop them uh, i will also Cue say and guns. Um, i will also say the laboratory scene we get a mission impossible staple and a john woo staple we get the cables, the lowering yes. down on cables, which is going to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And all those flaming doves everywhere. Well, I was mostly <laughs> talking about the dual wielding of pistols. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> While he's they, sliding across all the broken glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, just, uh, let's just ignore the fact that he just has tons of lacerations from glass just... He's wearing th- a special full body suit that just specifically no. protects from glass. Yeah, no. Also, I realized <laughs> when uh, Tandy Newton injected herself with this virus that um, fully 50% of the Hobbs and Shaw plot is, I think, just directly lifted from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw. Yet. I feel like I don't have to now. Yeah, it's mostly that. <laughs> and there's a motorcycle chase that's pretty similar. And they really simplify the plot because when Idris Elba shows up, somebody goes, Who are you? And he goes, Bad guy, and then just starts fighting. Uh, so it's uh, very. I mean, that's one way to, to do it. Point. That's one way to do it. Uh, I will also, I will also say that um, this movie is almost a direct pull from a old uh, Alfred Hitchcock film named Notorious. Wait, really? About yes. Biggie? No, not that Notorious. Okay, but yeah, no, About like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I feel like that's before she was called that. God damn it. <laughs> Well, no, that's fine. Anyway, what was that movie? Uh, what was that about? Uh, it was uh, pretty much the exact same plot. Let me see if I can find uh, here. Y'all pretty keep, much y'all, y'all the keep exact talking. same plot. Yeah. Y'all, I, I, oh, here you I go. I can't believe no, here you go. Would, okay. Agent recruits woman in trouble to get involved with bad guys with dangerous weapons. The agent falls in love with the woman. At the end, the bad guys find out about the woman and poison her, and agent rescues woman at the last minute. Okay. So Barebones plot is pretty much identical too. Yeah. So it's 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 basically another movie where there's a bad guy and there's a good guy and then there's a woman. Yeah. In, in case you wanted to watch to the okay. people and then they solve the problem at the end. So it's, well, it's right, just right. Those Captain two, America. It's it's uh, oh yeah, I guess there's three movies now that you say there's Captain America, Notorious, and got MI2. Poisoned. America. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you wanted to watch a less action-packed Mission Impossible 2 starring Ingrid Berman, Bergman and Cary Grant, then Notorious is the movie for you. I mean, I feel like Hitchco- <laughs> a Hitchcock movie would do that really well, though. Actually, isn't this a takeoff of a different Hitchcock movie, The Birds? 
<laughs> for a little bit. We'll get to that. Pretty much. The it's, it's just a pool Burns of several Hitchcock yeah, films. It really is just, just one long homage yeah. to the man's entire oeuvre. Yeah, yeah, John Woo, big fan of Alfred Hitchcock. That's why their movies are so similar. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Which part of it referred to Rear Window? I remember when that guy smashed into that window. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they're all looking at each other with binoculars at the horse race. That's re- that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And this Tom is... Cruise is like, hey, he's killing that lady over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst James Stewart impression I've ever done. <laughs> it's better than most of your impressions. Oh, What wow. impressions does he do? We I have lots do of guests. Impressions. <laughs> yeah, we just con- consistently have... Uh, Jason Garrett speaking like Kermit the Frog onto onto our podcast. This is what I actually sound like, right? We say <laughs> that this is Kermit the Frog. He's sitting right here, all right? You don't have to talk about him like he's not here. Please don't tell Jerry Jones that I'm here. Don't tell him where I am until next week. God damn it. Anyways, uh, Ambrose releases Naya to wander the streets of Sydney in a daze, intending to start a pandemic. He offers to sell Bellerophonta McCloy in exchange for stock options to make him Biosite's majority shareholder. He predicts that the price of Biosite stock will skyrocket due to demand for Bellerophon after the Chimera outbreak. Ethan infiltrates the meeting and steals the remaining samples of Bellerophon. While Ethan is pursued by Ambrose and his men, Luther and Billy locate Naya, who has wandered to a cliffside intent on killing herself to prevent the eventual outbreak. Ethan kills Ambrose's men, but Ambrose chases him to a beach where Ethan defeats him in a brutal fistfight. With little time left on the 20-hour countdown, Luther reaches Ethan on the beach. As Ethan is about to give Luther the Bellerophon canister, Ambrose recovers and points a gun at Ethan. Ethan throws the canister to Luther and jumps away from Ambrose's shot while kicking up a gun from the sand, which he uses to finally kill Ambrose. Luther injects Naya with the Bellerophon in time to cure her. IMF clears Naya's criminal record, and Ethan starts his vacation with her in Sydney. Okay, we should probably talk for a second about how Ethan infiltrated and stole the remaining samples of Bellerophon oh, because it is very John Woo, the best part of the movie. Yeah, well, we we, we need to talk about the, uh, the the whole blowing up the door and then all the masks and then walking past all- with the dove flying through right at the camera. The face exchange clearly an homage to uh, John Woo's earlier masterpiece, Face Off. I mean, kind of. <laughs> I, I, I feel i feel i think i said this during the movie i feel like john woo probably just signed on to this movie because he had done face off and then he saw the masks in the first one he's like oh hey he had some leftover masks he had a bunch of birds yeah, yeah. let's just shoehorn this into yeah, some other i got shoes. a whole lot of birds that survived these? my last shoe yeah, i let's mean just put them in an underground bunker and yeah. then we'll got so much this. napalm over here too <laughs> gotta make that deposit good for something but uh can yeah. i also just say i appreciate that this is just like a really you know, as convoluted as this plot is, their scheme is basically like insider trading. <laughs> yeah, it's, like a, it's like a stock scam or it, something. It really this, is great. It's like this, the big short. This is like a microcosm for just how stupidly complex some of this plot is. Because it be, it's not just... All this has to be is... Uh, I'll give you the thing and you give me half your company. That's it. That's the whole discussion that needs to happen. But instead, it's it's the bad guy who whatever the hell his name is, Ambrose. He's he's he starts off by saying, "I know we we agreed to thirty seven 
million pounds for this. This is like this this disease can wipe out humanity and he's selling it for like fifty million dollars. This guy, yeah. this is he is a low rent criminal. And then he's like, no, no, but what I want also is stock, but not just stock, stock options. And then I'm gonna take these options and then I'm gonna convert them on margin ten to one. And we're gonna have and he just goes into this long, like the three minute explanation about how he's gonna acquire how to come the this the We're gonna owner, do it from the Cayman Islands so we pay a lower tax rate. Yeah, and, in, and, and this whole complicated scheme, he has the president of the company right next to him with a gun to his head. Like, you just, just give me the company. Nobody's even going to recognize this because you can't. There, there are regulations on this sort of thing. But I just, I don't know that you need to work that many different angles into this plot. Uh, take us back to Hobbs and Shaw here for a second. Uh, it's okay. revealed halfway through that movie that the organization that Idris Elba work, is working for like controls all of the media over across the entire world, nice. and they just use it to like make The Rock and Jason Statham like look bad so the CIA will <laughs> look for them or whatever and I'm just like you why do you need to do anything else like why do you need to do this crime like you we're already in charge the media yeah for the whole world like you're impossibly rich clearly I don't know I just think of that 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 we work CEO Adam Newman that guy <laughs> yeah. just that guy just walked away with like 1.3 billion dollars for just doing nothing for getting fired he got yeah. 1.3 billion dollars for getting fired Ambrose here is trading a disease that could destroy the world for like 1 30th of that amount yeah no this is definitely Dr. Evil coming back and demanding 1 million dollars it's exactly that <laughs> it is 100% that alright I mean yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. It, it really is just, it's easily the most John Woo scene of the entire movie. Whole lot of kung fu and, well, martial arts that uh, Tom Cruise never does in any other Mission Impossible. Yeah, a lot of really unnecessary flips here, like the one uh, where no, he had already knocked unknocked, he had already knocked that guy down on the <laughs> ground. The guy was already not getting back up, and he felt the need to do a front flip into stomach kick. Got to break a couple more ribs, I guess. And, and your not own even like tailbone. a stomach kick, but he's like just hitting him with the back of his leg. Yeah, I don't know. And then yeah. of course there's the whole uh, you know martial law from Tekken flip kick. Hell yeah. <laughs> that he does. Nice reference. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For those who played the Tekken video games. Uh-huh. Uh, and My like, favorite one was the guy who was like, get over here. That, oh. <laughs> we just pissed off so many people. <laughs> Did we, though? I we, don't know. I mean, we pissed off probably at least one of our four listeners. Oh, uh, yeah. Pissed off all of our Soul Calibur fans. <laughs> okay, now you have. Wow. Because <laughs> you pissed off me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and it just gets better as the fight goes on and they get down to the beach. Like, obviously, there's the motorcycle sequence, but by by the time they've gotten down to the beach, Ethan, I mean, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, just real quick, we need to talk about the physics and play here because do we? Because they yes. they clearly didn't. <laughs> we do because we're they're on some magical island right now where physics don't work the same. Yeah, way, Australia. Clearly. Yeah, Australia. Okay, yeah. So in Australia, I guess cars flip and. Turn it ways that don't make any logical sense. Toilets go backwards and cars explode like that. Uh, I'm just going to say here, if you are on your back directly underneath the motorcycle jumping over you, shooting up in the air, first off, you're not going to hit them. Second off, if you do hit them, they're not going to rocket backwards (laughs) into the hill. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what was was going on there? Use one of those piercing bullets. one of those motorcycle piercing bullets. I feel like this is another John Woo staple. It's just like wire work that doesn't make any sense. Oh, but you know what? That's one of the great things. Like, it's one of the wildly entertaining things about his movies. It doesn't have to make sense. It just looks cool. 
I'm sorry. In 2000. It, it looks well, cool it, in it, 2000. Yeah. Let's be clear there. It, it looked very it looked cool in 2000. Cool. And there, there's lots of birds for some reason, even I mean, though that doesn't make it make sense or look cool. There was and, also and, the, there well, was one also of those birds the, had to give away his position so that Ambrose true, Burnsides would walk back around the corner Ambrose and get drop kicked or whatever from the rafters i will ineffectively manage this <laughs> army <laughs> but no there's that one scene where he jumps the motorcycle onto that bridge and the motorcycle goes like it very slowly drops like at a very unnatural it's like almost like someone took photoshop and just like dragged it at like an angle <laughs> and probably that's exactly <laughs> what they did 100 percent. either that or it was just like on a wire that was just like on like a slope and it just went whoop. Yep, like, yeah. that's okay. And then also uh, Luther and um, Billy. Billy, uh, <laughs> I fucking forget about that guy every time I watch this. Movie. Because, Flying, because he's yeah. sh- not really not really thing. relevant. He's there to fly the helicopter. Yeah, he doesn't even get to do the grenade launcher. Like, <laughs> he, he, he has less plot relevance than the than the helicopter pilot from the previous movie, who at least got to fly into a train tunnel. That's true. But flying that helicopter way too close, and Luther almost getting shot every time he tries to pull a gun out. That's also because Luther takes a very long time to get his shot off. Yeah, he's a terrible. He's just shot. sitting there already aiming, and he's like, and then the other guy's just. <laughs> I mean, really, he's the computer guy, so can't blame him too much for that. Honestly, a lot of this movie would be fixed if people didn't have to stop and like think about their actions or like have flashbacks or something like that. Like back in the laboratory, Tom Cruise was ready to do the last one, and but he had to think back to uh, he had to remember. Yeah, Nikorovich talking to him, and that gave uh, Ambrose enough time to stop it. The movie was over right there. Yeah, and for all of his people to fire just a ton of bullets into a glass room that was completely clear and not hit a single inch of Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, it's stormtrooper, stormtrooper logic. I mean, it is, but like, it's even less defensible there. I mean, yeah, that's whatever, just whatever. action movie. I, th- I think you got I, I think that's the message of this movie is don't think back. Don't think yeah. back to earlier in this movie. Why are we even thinking back on this movie? Because <laughs> none like... of this shit makes sense. Just yeah. live in the moment. Yeah. Why are we even talking about this movie? Yeah. Look at the explosions and the birds and move on. <laughs> and the and the Bruce Lee knockoff martial arts. And the Tom Cruise riding on his feet. Yeah. To use the oh, motorcycle. Oh, that was that was that was really cool though. <laughs> That was kind of uh, cool. There was also the necessary. We it's also agree. the chicken thing they did with the <laughs> motorcycles, where they both leap impossibly high and slam into each other, and then the break every bone in their, their bodies. Yeah, and then also the motorcycles leap into the air off of a flat surface and explode for no reason. Yeah, yeah. and well, and then like motorcycles work. As the fight goes on, you can tell Ethan's gone through a lot of head trauma because at some point he just, instead of doing any more cool martial arts, he just hurls himself into the air at whatever blob Ambrose looks like and just drop kicks him. Yeah, and then he just stops and starts throwing up blood on the beach for a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to talk about a filmmaking choice here. There was that part where Tom Cruise does like the flying punch and yells. Oh, yes. And they showed it twice from two different (laughs) angles. It was like, ah, ah! And... I thought that was an interesting choice by by Mr. Wu. Yeah, he thought you needed another look at it. I mean, he's definitely a guy who's making choices. It's the only time in the entire movie that they do a cut like that. It makes zero sense. There's no explanation. Well, (laughs) it's it's kind of like around this time, too, they have just a random cut to waves. I think that might be during the same sequence. Not just one. Several. Several cuts to static shots of waves. Well, just to reinforce that they're on the beach. Yeah. Well, there was one part where they just had what in any other movie would have just been a static shot. I can't remember who it was, but the character was standing still and there's just like a bunch of steam coming off the ground or something. And he just shot it in slow motion. 
because the character's not moving, <laughs> but just the steam is coming up in slow motion. It's just like, what is this? Yeah, there was, what is happening? There was like here? 50 minutes of actual events happening. And then Zack it, Snyder learned like all of his filmmaking from John Woo. I'm fairly certain. Uh, you know what? Hot take. I like Zack Snyder's slow motion stuff a lot better than John Woo's slow motion stuff. I mean, he, but Zack Snyder has some questionable scenes though too, like in Watchmen where they do a slow motion hair flip. They cut to Silk Spectre doing a slow motion hair flip and then cut back to the other guy fighting. It's like, did we need that? Did we yeah, need that cut there did. of her flipping her hair because back? Because in the trailer, it looked fucking dope with the Muse song that was playing oh, okay. at the time. <laughs> Anyways. No, fair point, though. But I would say that uh, we can all agree that uh, The Watchmen is the best superhero movie that's ever been made. And we don't even have to discuss that. We can just keep going with this movie. I disagree, but let's continue. <laughs> Right, well, I'll agree. Let's continue. <laughs> it's no Halle Berry Catwoman. There we go. That's, that's true. what I was that, thinking that's, of. That's what I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, but yeah, I would say by the end of this movie, uh, Ethan Hunt's probably had at least three concussions. In that yeah. one fight scene alone. Yes, yes. He falls 80 feet and lands directly on his head. Then he gets hit, <laughs> hit in the head with a rock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, Ambrose just <laughs> smacks him full force in the head with a rock. And he gets headbutted in there somewhere, punched yeah. in the face a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I mean, his he he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't know why he's doing any of this. That's probably why he ends up in all these things. They have to give him a video clip to explain explicitly what his plan is. They probably fifty times before, and they're just yeah. like, just send him another glasses rocket because he doesn't know where he is. He's out there <laughs> climbing the fucking desert for some reason. <laughs> So they have to hire all these engineers to create like visualizations of his mission. Oh, yeah. I, I like the idea that he's actually on mission when he's climbing that rock. <laughs> like, uh, I gotta get to the top. I gotta stop the bad guys from destroying the world. Where am I? Oh, oh glasses. Yes. Oh, glasses. Oh, right. I'm doing that. <laughs> Glad we cut up to you on vacation. Yes. Vacation. <laughs> That's why he's wearing glasses for the whole end sequence because they're just, <laughs> just live streaming instructions to him the whole time. And yet he still had he still had the uh, I guess the ability, dexterity, and focus to use his beach gun. Yeah, exactly. He's very good at the moment. It's just you know, yeah. it's, it's it's like NFL players. They're very well. physically talented. They just don't know where they are at any given moment. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom, the ball is in your hand. Throw the ball, Tom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really like this new canon we have. For, this is what I really appreciate. I'm not saying Angel Has Fallen was a great movie, but I appreciate oh, the premise. Should, can we edit that so that it just say says that. Angel Has Fallen is a great movie? <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I notoriously love Olympus Has Fallen (laughs) I don't really want to talk about London Has Fallen that much but Angel Has Fallen is trying to be a movie and one of the premises of the whole thing is that uh, Gerard Butler goes to a doctor at the beginning and he's just like you have so many concussions and your body has been broken down like you've done two movies worth of being an action star you're going to die if you don't stop doing this (laughs) so he has to retire at the end (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you get three you action movies worth going. of this. Yeah, pretty much, except Tom Cruise looks better every time. You think Tom Cruise himself <laughs> would start to break down after a while, but what is he, like 60 now? He still looks incredible. He's getting pretty close. Yeah. The upper, upper, upper 50s. And he's still Jeez. and he's got two more Mission Impossible movies in he's the fucking works. He's born in 62. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, 57. Wow. 57, yeah. Born in the 50s. Jesus Christ. 
He was yeah, 17 in, years old when we landed on the moon. Tom Cruise looks born like in he's the 60s. 30 right now. Oh, well, he was born in the 60s. 1960. Oh, they said 52. Oh, okay. okay. 60, yeah, it's math. Okay. Yeah, he's, well, yeah, he's, ignore so he's, my math then. Yeah, so he's, what, 57? Yeah, yeah. I mean, still. So, dang. It's pretty crazy. Does not look 57. Looks 30. <laughs> pretty much. So that's a Scientology for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it look, works. Look, it, that's the one thing we know is it works. Look what happened to John Travolta when he tried to get out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he died. Worse. He's, yeah. De- he's dead. He's dead now. His career. Yeah. You Will heard Smith it here first. Still folks. looking pretty good. <laughs> is he Scientologist? I think he is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, hey. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, he looks. I always jokingly say Tom Cruise looks exactly like he did when he was younger. He does. I mean, you, you can tell he's not. He's, he's older. Will Smith literally looks he like does, he does. Yeah. Like, there's no change. Like, when they all. did Gemini Man, there were no effects in that movie. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was just, just him, him on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I fe- Maybe a bit heavier makeup, for one. Like, but- I, f- I feel like Will Smith today is the exact same as Fresh Prince Will Smith, except more muscular. That's literally the only thing that's mm-hmm. changed, is he's gotten in better shape. Yeah, pretty much. So this podcast is brought to you by Scientology. Just yeah. visit your local yeah. church of Scientology. Now uh, take your, never oh, age. Take a free a personality test. Yeah. Yes. Now is, he is, is Bill Shatner it. a Scientologist? Because I don't think so. He, that guy. While he looks old, you have to remember he's, he's like in 87 his, yeah, or something. He's in his upper 80s. Yeah. He was young. He's older than Leonard Nimoy was. Mm-hmm. And Leonard Nimoy yeah. was clearly not a Scientologist. because well, That's true. That's why yeah. he's dead. If well, he wasn't... That's, he would live forever. Yeah, it's true. Oh, so, okay, sorry, I'm lying. Uh, Will Smith is not a Scientologist. Hmm. He's denied the rumors, but he has spoken favorably of it, saying, I just think a lot of the ideas in Scientology are brilliant and revolutionary and non-religious. That's all it takes. It sounds like something a secret uh, Scientologist would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they just passed along their secret, like, age-reversing formula to him just for that little yeah, shout-out there. Yeah, one shout-out. Also, oh, Greta no, Van no. Sustern and Nancy Cartwright. And Vivian Kubrick. Oh, we knew that already, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, was, the, that was the whole conspiracy, conspiracy theory about breaking up Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's marriage because he lost his daughter to Scientology. Gotcha. One of the multiple conspiracy theories about that movie. Uh, Stanley <laughs> Kubrick. Uh, anyways, you got, uh, got anything more on this movie? No, dear God, no. <laughs> well, okay, let's uh, talk about some fun facts and background info on Mission Impossible 2. Hey, mister, see that sister, don't you let her thrill you. This movie, uh, I believe, is the highest grossing movie we've had so far. $125 million budget, $546.4 million box office. Deservedly. Uh, it was the highest grossing film of 2000. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some other movies it beat, I believe, John, you mentioned Gladiator. It beat out Gladiator. Uh, what Women Want I was the only other one I remember. I'm oh. sure there were better movies than that. Oh, Castaway. But, you said oh, Castaway. Castaway. Yeah, Castaway and Gladiator. Beat out Castaway and Gladiator. Two movies that I will say are uh, ex- better like, than this. Better than this. Like a, yes, a multitude. I'm trying to express how much better there they are. are. They're, they're, it's a I lot don't know. Better. Scoreboard. They're a lot better. Scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, listen. I mean, there, if we can all agree that money is the scoreboard is for the life and good things are things with lots of money. Uh, oh, no. That's I'm like, losing I agree so bad. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks there. I mean, one Tom's came out better than the other. Well, I mean, both of those Toms are movie draws, but this was also a sequel to a very successful Tom Cruise film. So, you know, that helps. 
Yes. Yeah. Also, Gladiator was really long. Yeah. Well. So. That that sure. wasn't that wasn't the Tom Hanks though. I know. I'm talking about. No. Oh, fair I'm, enough. I'm, I'm mentioning why Gladiator fail. Fair enough. Well, yeah, you know? we can all agree Gladiator, the movie that <laughs> won Best Picture <laughs> yes. and I believe Best Actor, starred Tom Hanks and earned 450 million dollars, was a failure. That's, it was a failure. That's the takeaway we should. It get didn't make 546 million. Money is the most important thing. That's why of all the Tom Cruise movies you guys have watched, this is the best so far. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it's also why Avatar's Jurassic World way better than any of the previous yes. Jurassic no Park doubt. movies. Uh-huh. No doubt. Yes. Well, that's actually true. Oh. <laughs> Uh, anyways, despite its good box office showing, not very well received, 57% critically, 43% publicly on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Metacritic, on the other hand, the user score was a little bit higher, 7.8 out of 10, but was not, still was, uh, I think it was about 55 out of 100 for the critics on there. So This movie had a higher score from critics yes. than from the public. Yep. On this ro- movie. At, at least Wait, on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. This on Metacritic, it's yeah, flipped. Uh, it was, it was, okay. it was three percent away from being fresh from the critics. Yeah. It see, was this in the is 40s for this public. is part of my case for why Rotten Tomatoes is like less intuitive because I'm not. I don't know. I'd have to think for a second to put into words what it would be that would make a movie like that where it was. You, you clearly know, not a critics movie, but critics liked it more. Oh, but yeah. it's kind of complicated because it's like a thumbs up, thumbs down system. So is it just like I don't know. Yeah, there, you're more likely no... to either like or hate this movie as yeah, there... a regular moviegoer. Roger know. Ebert gave it three out of four. I mean, I, I was about to say that Roger Ebert did give this movie three out of four. So Roger Ebert actually enjoyed this movie. But but yeah, no, that's what we were saying about Ron Tomatoes. Like, if you're like barely positive on the movie, you give it a thumbs up, and that count towards its like fresh rating. But if you like despise this fucking movie, it gives it a thumbs down. Like, there's no waiting. There's no weight yeah. system. I mean, I will say if there's, you know, I'm all for dunking on this movie, but if there are things that are good in this movie, a lot of them are sort of like technical stuff. And you can tell that like the camera work is good and choices are being made with the cinematography and the effects mm-hmm. and all that. And it's, you know, the fight scenes are not like super serious, but they're kind of like cool in a martial arts movie kind of way. So maybe that's just mm-hmm. stuff that like critics would appreciate, but people are not as into that as like a john wick gun porn action movie or something like that yeah and i will say this isn't too f- too long after face off which we know which I, I don't know if we've ever said on the podcast but uh actually has like a 90 something percent rating from critics Boo. on rotten tomatoes Boo. so i think maybe like <laughs> this like late 90s early 2000s like this is really what critics were looking for with action movies was just like the plots doesn't need to really make much sense you just need like solid filmmaking and a lot of action and yes there work. is action there are bullets there yeah. are explosions yes that's mm-hmm. all you need there could have been more explosions but well, you know. i mean we'll get to why there wasn't as many explosions but yeah um let's see stunts he did almost all of them i believe 95 percent of all the stunts in this movie were actually performed by tom cruise and oh so much running so much running Pretty much all Mission Impossible films is just him running yeah. for two hours. So, But the best shot of the movie where he's walking past that doorway as the dove flies into the room, he's walking. He was walking briskly, though. He it was, was just in slow, it was, Actually, he could have been running. It was shot in slow motion. Uh, I guess He could have just sprinted across and just <laughs> did it in slow motion. Uh, all righty, Andrew. I think you're up. All right. Time for some checklist-based movie analysis. Sorry, I'm not talking to the mic. <laughs> Uh, what movie did this? What year did this movie come out? Uh, two thousand. Two thousand. All right, doing this on the fly. Um, oh, this is going to be hilarious. Were there two women in this movie? No, I don't nope. think so. Okay, hang on, hang on. Every test not named. automatically. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> no, there were. There, there were, were not two. Was she the only woman who appeared on screen in this movie? There was the flamenco dancer. But they weren't named. Well, okay, yeah, so yeah. So yes. like people on the plane. Well, so then yes, there are two women. All right. She's the only one who talks, though. Well, that, that's part, that's part of that's this. That's not going to have two women in it. Um, like Days of Thunder, we said there weren't two women. But there, so. oh well, then there like, weren't. Like then there Tim, weren't two women because there definitely was. I mean, well, I feel like Rain they, Man. We said, you know, it's so like background characters. I think don't really count. Yeah. Well, if we said no for Days of Thunder, then I think we gush, probably gush. should have said yes for Days of Thunder because there's a question in part of this that comes in later: Are they named? Well, Which day, I think covers that. But whatever. I mean, day, Days Days of Thunder actually had like you know that one dude's wife who was like crying and stuff about. He wouldn't go to the doctor and stuff like that. So. That's true. I feel like totally background characters. I feel like if you don't have a line, you almost don't care. Like if you don't do anything at all in the movie, you don't count. But um, but um, but so no, anyway. I w- I'm fully on board for saying that there was o- literally only one woman in this movie because I don't count yeah. that one girl dancing at that party. Yeah, that, no, like, she's yeah, not a character. Fair. And I <laughs> like, think even if there were twelve mo- women in this movie, it would still fail the Bechdel test. Let's be real. Oh no, it absolutely <laughs> yes, does. Right. Like not are even are they close. named? No, that they talk to each other. No, is it not about a man? No, I don't um, think even anything she says isn't about a man. Yeah, I don't think so. She sexy talks to herself man? about a man. If we replaced <laughs> her with a sexy lamp, would the story still make sense? Yes. Yeah, I think so. He's got to go pick up his lamp, and then he drops it off, and then he tries to save yeah. it later. Like, that's really... My lamp got injected with this terrible virus, yes. Yeah, that's like the one thing, maybe, is that she injected herself with a virus, but I mean, he would still need to save her from him, and he would still need to save the world, so it all kind of... I mean, considering... And considering he left the, the lamp there. He blew up a wall <laughs> and left the lamp there. Why couldn't he get both of them out? Because he it could... It was just a hole in the wall. Because he couldn't do that cool flip while he was also, like, had her. But why did he have to have her? She can run... Well, she's a lamb. Well, no, he had to jump out the window, uh, jump out and use a parachute, oh, right? Okay, that's right. So um, they would have had to be. Okay. <laughs> or she um, could have just died. Can par- parach- anyway, parachutes can hold two people, right? Um, yeah. Mako Moritess, did she have her own arc that wasn't just about supporting a man? No. She did not, not have an arc. At all. She was literally brought onto the team to seduce a man. That was literally her role. Yeah. Uh, do what comes natural. Oh, there we go. Okay, uh, unsung heroes. Anybody got some unsung heroes? Uh, the guys, uh, the guys who have to go around in helicopters and shoot sunglasses rockets at people. That's pretty good. <laughs> the architect that designed that opening roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the alarm goes off and the roof is open for more than 40 seconds Yeah, well, after nightfall. Just enough time for, for Ethan Hunt and only Ethan Hunt to get in if he really needs to. Yeah, exactly. How about um, the, uh, the the three dozen heavily armed guards for that building that are not with Ambrose? Oh, yeah. Once the alarm is triggered, you just see all these people with, like, MP5s running up the stairs, and they're just, like, they're just ready to go, those yeah, guys. They're, they're just there just to die. Really. Like, in right. case I have I to kill Tom a Cruise bunch of people in a lab on the 42nd, whoever's renting the 42nd floor, I'll just kill <laughs> everybody in there. I'm, will, yeah. I'm willing to die for this corporate yeah. partner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, I think we talked about it. We, uh, this was brought up during the movie, but whoever... Uh, Whoever asked is like the cleaning crew for that little sewage area where they had that last, uh, where they were making that last deal where they have to clean up all the bird poop, I yeah. assume, constantly. Those <laughs> yeah, birds. that's true. I was going to say whoever had to like submit the budget estimate for like getting a helicopter to fly out to wherever Ethan Hunt was to shoot sunglasses at him. <laughs> um, that was probably pretty expensive and it would be hard to estimate. So I just really 
admire whatever administration. <laughs> you, you admire the, the accounting that. side of IMF? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people back in the office who have to make the numbers add up. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. Hard oh, work. could you imagine joining the IMF and that you're like the fucking bookkeeper or something? God, that would be disappointing. Yeah. Um, okay, next category. Have you ever seen Interview with a Vampire? They're all looking at me. No, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> that was directed to you. Uh, this category is called Lestat or Louis. Uh, it's pretty vague, but it's Lestat or Louis. Uh, that's all the explanation you get. Do you guys right. have any uh, Lestats uh, for this movie? Well, so a little bit more explanation. Nope. Oh, yeah. No, I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right, I'm cool. Definitely participating. <laughs> I mean, you can interpret it however you want to, but the gist is that Lestat was Lestat, exciting yeah. and overperformed his role and was more fun than he needed to be. And Louis was kind of a bummer in that movie. <laughs> um, so just however you want to take that. So any Lestats and Louis for this movie? My well, Louis is definitely going to be the fourth team member who was not... Was it Billy something? Billy. <laughs> Billy. Who the fuck was that guy? He didn't do anything. I don't remember him at all. I, I mean, I'm going to throw in a... A, a Louis too. Hugh Stamp. The, <laughs> Who? The, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The guy that got his finger cut. He off. got his finger cut. <laughs> oh off. yeah. What yeah, the hell was that guy there for? But but for that, weird for like, that awesome Mr. reveal Smithers at the character end for like two seconds. Yeah, that was yeah. it. He just Ambrose solid Lestat, and I think part of this part of this uh, I can make the argument here that. Uh, Ambrose was also temporarily played at points by Tom Cruise, who gave him very good evil faces. Excellent evil face. Okay. Sure, he, he did get a very evil vibe on. Uh, but he was also very sadistic. Ethan Hunt Ambrose. He was sadistic, like thing. like Lestat was. Like in in the like what we were talking about when he was cutting the guy's finger off with a fucking cigar cutter. Hold hold on, yeah. wait. You said he's played by Tom Cruise. Uh, when, when, temporarily, uh, the character when, of Ambrose. When, Amb- the when Ambrose, the mask is, is on. When Ambrose has the Tom Cruise mask on. Oh, okay, okay, I got, yeah. I got you. Okay, yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking that's, that's how they do the. That's how they do the mask. Okay, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Nicholas Cage's character. Okay, I get yeah. it. Why, why the birds though? Anyway, why not so. the birds? Okay. <laughs> also, to, also unsung heroes. Whoever, whoever was training and maintaining those birds. Sorry, well, let's get back to the. No, that's true. The bird handlers for John Woo movies. Um, any Lestats? My Lestat is probably Tandy Newton, just because I feel like she manages to like kind of be charismatic and interesting yeah. in a role that basically asks absolutely nothing of you. Yeah, no, like I I like her character, which is weird because there's not much to her character. Yeah, nothing. Uh, speaking of nothing much to their character, uh, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, and there's a character named Wallace. Oh, okay, Who? Wallace, played by uh, William Mapother. Ah. Why was he in that movie other than that he's directly related to Tom Cruise? That's we the got the money reason. or whatever. Oh, he he's, was there. He was there to stand up really emphatically and go, "Sean, the transaction's complete." Sean, that was I, it. He was in like eight scenes in that movie, just mm-hmm. building up to that. Uh, he was also there to get hit by a semi truck, which uh, caused his car to immediately explode, as it does. How it yes. Happens. Yes. Yeah. Any other stats or <laughs> that Louis? was his face? <laughs> just mm. give the the most surprised face. Just <laughs> <laughs> dead. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this movie was a Louis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every character that wasn't Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tandy Newton, or Ambrose did not. Yeah. need to exist. They were all weak. Care. I mean, I, mean very did, black. We had, I enjoyed Luther, but I don't know if I would give him a Lestat or Louis. I feel like he was just... He was He's there. being Rames. He was, he was Claudia. Yeah, he's yeah. being he was, he was with Claudia of the movie, I think. <laughs> we had Claudia Brendan Gleeson in Claudia this movie. Claudia the movie. You dress me like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you dress me like a doll. Uh, Shot my Versace. Okay. 
Uh, okay, um, and so our last one is just uh, completely unrelated to anything else. Uh, recommend a movie. Any movie recommendations? I have two. I really should have thought harder about this before we got to this section. Because okay. you warned me. Somebody you told knows, me. Go first. I'd, I'd like to recommend two, mo- two movies. So, uh, first of all, Triple X. It's a little, a little <laughs> oh, indie yeah, darling starring Vin Diesel. It is basically this movie, but but it knows how dumb it is. It understands. And so everything is just in your face, straightforward and stupid. You can watch it a thousand times. It's definitely a laundry folding movie. Yeah, strong I personally Great. have way more fun with that movie too. And no doubt, because yeah, you is. don't have to think. Your brain does not need to be working when you're watching that movie. <laughs> and it's got um, some great quotes. Really, like really, just I'll live really. For this shit. <laughs> don't be a dick, dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna watch Triple X tonight. Also, Thank you for that movie if you want lots of uh, um, slow motion footage of birds, the Planet Earth series, very, very good. Also directed by John Woo, right? Also John Woo, yeah. And it's really nice because the birds are outside as opposed to yeah. in an underground layer. So it's a little bit more natural. <laughs> well, and if you are really into the John Woo thing, I'm going to go ahead and give my movie recommendation, uh, okay. Face Off. Yeah, it's got way more of all this John Woo stuff. If you're into that, I'm not sure... What's wrong with you if you really are into that? I, I like it. 90% critically on Rotten Tomatoes. So yes. clearly Ugh. a good movie. Lots of birds, <laughs> lots of guns. How much money it made. It's got Nick Cage and John Travolta trying to out-ham one another. It's everything you need. Yeah. Uh, recently I saw a movie called Parasite, which is a South Korean movie. And it was really good. And, you know, if you have a chance to go see it, go see it. Uh, but don't look at the plot. Yeah. Uh, actually, did you recommend Dr. Sleep last time? Mm, I think I did, yeah. Dr. I'm gonna, Sleep I'm, was great. I'm going to also recommend Dr. Sleep because Dr. Sleep was fantastic. Also, uh, it's a sequel to The Shining, which apparently very few people knew going into that movie. Almost nobody went to go see it. It's doing terribly right now. Oh, oh God. Right. Go um, see that movie. So, well, I guess it's not good, then. So I, I don't really have necessarily a movie recommendation, but I am going to do something a little different. I'm going to do a movie uh, like an opposite, opposite recommendation. Okay. Uh, if tell you tell people um, not to watch this movie? Yes. Now, if you <laughs> um, if you are a 90s child like me, you grew up on Disney Channel original movies. And with Disney Plus oh coming God. out, uh, a lot of those are now available. I'm going to warn all of you right now, do not watch Alley Cat Strike. Okay. It is really, really bad. Why did you, why did you start with Alley Cat Strike? Uh, it started because, with the letter A. I mean, that one was the one that came up first. So okay. <laughs> like, all right. You know, no uh, mom's got a day with a vampire. I mean, I, I had... Under wraps. I had, I had recently seen... Well, recently, in comparison, seen uh, Johnny Tsunami and Brink, which were my two favorites. Uh, I wasn't really feeling any of the Ryan Merriman ones, uh, so I didn't really want to watch Luck of the Irish or Smart House. And then mm. uh, the next one. Sounds preservers. I am getting shorter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Movie recommendation Luck of the Irish. Hey, Luck of the, Luck Irish. Of the Irish. The granddad in that is the old guy from Magnolia. I hit on Brad the whole time. He's way better in Magnolia. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, let's go and get into some trivia. Um, we already mentioned he did 95% of his own stunts. Uh, he lied to the movie's insurance agents, saying that he would be letting the stunt crew handle all of the major action set pieces, and then did the exact opposite of what he said in the movie and did all of them pretty much. Yeah, why does anyone still insure him? <laughs> It's got to be so I'm, expensive. I'm pretty sure he owns his own insurance company at this point. I feel How? like that's the only way. <laughs> Maybe, but or people have just accepted it. Imagine like, you're rich enough to be self-insured at this point. You I know? mean, yeah. Honestly, I, I said that jokingly, but I could see Tom that Cruise happening. Sure, a lot of money. 
But uh, the famous rock climbing sequence was filmed at Dead Horse Point in Utah, and Tom Cruise was uh, on cables. So, yes, he actually did all that rock climbing. They digitally removed the cables. He did have some um, some doubles, like the overhang, uh, I guess the one where he's, like, hanging on by one arm off the overhang. I guess maybe that was what that one is. They don't really go into detail. Um, Keith Campbell, stunt double yeah, on that. Ke- yeah, Keith Campbell. Yeah, and it said there he had a he had a, a climbing double, but from the reading of this, uh, didn't do anything. The only one they shout out is Keith Campbell, who was not his climbing double. So, but if the climbing double did do stuff, and it's very possible, Ron Cock, 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 K A U K. Anyways, uh, director John Woo, uh, he's, John Woo's actually scared of heights and thought that it was insane that Tom Cruise wanted to do it and was scared for him, but Tom Cruise insisted on doing it. And at this point in his career, Tom Cruise gets what he wants. So, <laughs> <laughs> At this point in his career, too. Even today, I assume. Well, yes. Sorry, I'm not talking about the movie specifically. Oh, no. Like, like from here on, probably before here on, yeah. he gets what he wants. It's Tom Cruise. Um, some more... Uh, uh, stump things uh, when he rode the motorcycle through the fire he did that he actually did that uh, without protection gear or the uh that flame retardant gel that they rub on you so he had a leather jacket and shades <laughs> i guess that's all you need uh also this one's a little insane uh for that knife in the eye scene where the knife gets really close to uh to his face uh tom cruise insisted that a real knife be used and that it stop exactly one quarter inch from his eyeball <laughs> instead of somewhere vaguely near his eyes i'm worried about tom cruise why do you think nobody would insure him uh the knife was connected to a cable that was measured carefully to in order to achieve the effect and cruise insisted that doug ray scott who played sean ambrose use all of his strength in the ensuing struggle i <laughs> demand you stab me in the eye all right so maybe maybe tom cruise really wants to die but he also so. really wants it to happen on film oh yeah but also oh that's got, that's how he's going to yeah. die is doing Part a stunt Scientology if you die in the course of your work you go to heaven yeah, yeah <laughs> this also reminds me a lot about uh, a lot of um, born on the 4th of July and his attempt with alongside Oliver Stone to find a nerve agent that would temporarily paralyze him what uh, you yeah, clearly was, haven't listened to, to say, our episodes that one <laughs> yeah uh, he was uh, he played Ron Kovic who was uh, you know disabled in the war so him, along with director Oliver Stone, were looking into nerve agents that would temporarily cause him to become paralyzed, but they couldn't find one that was safe enough to use. Wow, yeah. you mean you can't find a nerve agent that will temporarily paralyze you <laughs> that isn't also completely safe? Well, and and part of Here. why I think that's fun, too, is that Oliver Stone was, the, was originally supposed to be the director on this, hmm. but just wasn't because of... Timing issues after... uh, No, Brian De Palma was supposed to be the director on this one. I saw somewhere, I'll I'll look it up again, but I saw somewhere that Oliver Stone was apparently supposed to take, or to do Mission Impossible 2, but it took too long Hmm. after, uh, well, because their their shooting took too long during uh, Eyes Wide Shut, because Kubrick's a madman. Yeah, well, fair enough. Um, Speaking of long movies, uh, director John Woo's first cut of this movie was three and a half hours long. Um, but Paramount <laughs> Pictures was like, no. So I want to see uh, that cut. They they told him that the final length could not exceed two hours, and that's could explain why there's so many plot holes and continuity errors in the theatrical cut. But there's so much slow motion. <laughs> there's so much dead time. Yeah, in necessary, this movie. necessary. Yeah. Instead of no, they decided that instead what did he of cut. 
plot points. I mean, <laughs> like, apparently there was a lot of action slow cut motion. out too. Yeah, that was because... a lot of action because yeah, it was originally received an R rating because of the mm-hmm. violence of it. But when Jeez. they cut out all of the action, oh, I want to see that drop cut. down to PG thirteen. I, just, yeah. I would need uh, I would need to take a day to do it, Brendan but I really want to see face. that cut. Yeah, I'm really actually surprised <laughs> that this cut hasn't gotten a release because it sounds great. Three no, and a half what? hour long John no. movie. Oh my god. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I would watch the shit out of that. Uh, also, um, okay, so this is, um, I don't know if any of y'all have heard about this thing about Tom Cruise, but uh, how he demands that people don't look him in the eye on set. Mm-hmm. If y'all have heard anything about that. I heard about that happening during uh, filming for Top Gun 2. Yeah, okay, so I don't know I don't know about Top Gun 2, but that was a big thing for this movie too, but it was actually incorrect. Um, that, yeah, it basically says that newspapers falsely reported that he was acting like a high-maintenance diva and sending out a memo to extras and bit part players telling them to never look him in the eye. What was happening was, during the horse track sequence, all of the extras and people were looking straight at him and pointing because it's Tom Cruise, and the director told them they needed to stop doing that. Yeah, that would because be because that doesn't make sense in context. I don't, it kind of, hey, it kind of <laughs> makes sense. Like, look at that guy. He's he's looking into binoculars <laughs> and talking to nobody. What the hell is going on? The spy yeah. is right yeah, there. That, is that a guy also, a spy? The master espionage agent is right he's, over he's got there. A gun. <laughs> this is a horse race. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, also, you hot see take. That camera. If you're an actor. You know, in between scenes, you're on set, you're trying to be centered in your character, you're a guy like Tom Cruise who really tries to get into character. Maybe it's really distracting if, like, people are, like, looking you in the eye who are, like, you well, know, yeah. outside yeah. of the scene, right? You just want to be able to center yourself and ignore everything that's around you. Practice yeah. your so stunts. It, it might not be a crazy ask, depending on how, yeah. how you're doing yeah, I don't, that. I don't really think that's fair to call him a high-maintenance diva. I think that it's a perfectly sound reason for why you wouldn't want people to stare at you while you're trying to act. People in the scene staring at you while you're trying to act. <laughs> hey, look, there's Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, also, I, min- I uh, mentioned this already uh, be- when we were watching, but uh, as of 2018, this is the only Mission Impossible movie where Ethan Hunt is actually working for the IMF and is not on the run, working outside the IMF and or disavowed. Though he is fighting somebody who was in the IMF two days ago yes. and has defected. Yeah, there is always something wrong with the IMF in these movies. They only exist to hunt down rogue IMF agents. <laughs> yeah. It's their entire purpose. Uh, also, we were also talking about uh, maybe John Woo picked this movie because of the whole mask thing. And uh, this kind of supports that theory. This has the highest amount of mask wearing of any Mission Impossible movie. Uh, let's see, Ambrose wears an Ethan mask twice, a stamp wears an Ethan mask, and Ethan wears both a stamp and a Nikorovich mask. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of masks wearing in this one, something that they really have pulled way back on in the newer movies. So, I don't think they should. I think they need to bring the masks back. Well, they, they, they did a little bit where they were talking about how, you know, Benji constantly wants to wear a mask and everything, and every time it happens, it, it something goes wrong and he never gets to wear a mask yeah. until he does. He's so happy about it because Simon Pegg is great. Um, also, a couple of uh, a couple of little alternative history things that could have deeply affected uh, movie franchises that are beloved nowadays. Uh, first, um, Mission Commander Swanbeck, who was played by Anthony Hopkins, was originally offered to Sir Ian McKellen. Uh, he was not available. He couldn't accept it because he already had a theater engagement. But if he would have taken it, the costly overruns would have prevented him from playing Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And he would also have missed out on X-Men. 
So we could have had a Ian McKellen-less X-Men and Lord of the Rings. And um, speaking of X-Men, Doug Ray Scott, the guy who played Ambrose, was the original person who was going to play Wolverine in the X-Men franchise. But because of this went over schedule and he was also injured during those motorcycle uh, things. <laughs> was it when they jumped off the motorcycles and it might have into been, each other? It might have been. Um, he was forced to drop out and he was replaced, as we all know, by Hugh Jackman, which I think was a good call. <laughs> I just realized that the villain in this movie was uh, Drew Gray Scott and not uh, Chris O'Dowd, who I assume was the bad guy <laughs> oh, wow. in this movie this uh, entire wow. time. It is who may have also been up for Wolverine. I don't know. This, I think, might be your favorite bit, Andrew. <laughs> One where you just don't rec- don't know these actors. It's I don't even know. If, it's I not a bit. He doesn't know actors. No, I'm going to call it a bit. You know, it's you have the same approximate <laughs> length and color of hair, same approximate age. I really can't tell people apart. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Dunkirk was a, I know, it's was like, a rough one for you. Well, okay, yeah, but that was rough for everybody. But you know, just normal movies, it really fucks me up. Yeah, and uh, and as John brought up earlier, uh, this is the second movie in a row we've had William Mapother, who is Tom Cruise's cousin. Because if I, I don't know if y'all remember, if y'all know his real name, Thomas Cruise Mapother the Fourth is actually Tom Cruise's <laughs> oh, name. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Cool, Mapother. And uh, that's going to be. A recurring trivia thing is if William Mather was in the movie, because we're going to get several of those. Uh, also, our, my other one that I said was going to be recurring and haven't had a chance to use it the past two movies, uh, nobody was else was up for the role of Ethan Hunt. So oh, well, nobody lost out to Tom Cruise. Well, yeah, but I mean, and again, that goes back to like the, the first Mission Impossible. That was like his whole thing. It was Tom Cruise's uh, production company that... Yeah, yeah, the Cru- that, Cruise, yeah. Cruise Wagner production company. Although there's certainly a point at which I think he almost loses the franchise, but managed not to and has more control over it now. Than I ever. thought they were going to do what they tried to do with the Bourne series and make Jeremy Rennick the... No, I, I think they they were... Try- I forget if it was the third one or the fourth one, but there's one Jeremy Renner, where he had a lot of bad press and he had that weird-ass interview with Matt with, Lauer. Uh, Matt Lauer, who turns out to be way weirder than Tom Cruise now. Yeah. Um, as far as we know. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> we know yeah. Matt Lauer is weird. <laughs> exactly. We know Matt uh, Lauer had a button to lock his door which, built into his to desk. Which, to be fair, Tom Cruise definitely has. Yeah. I don't want spread false rumors. I, I, I don't know Tom that Cruise has that well, button on his desk. I don't know about Andrew, that. Andrew has brought up uh, that he thinks that Tom Cruise may be asexual, and I feel like that may be accurate. I don't think... Like, that's like a thing people have floated out there. Yeah. I, I don't I know mean, if he's had a lot of... I don't know. I've never heard anything about like all of his relationships are really weird and steeped in like Scientology form this and all that stuff and then he's never really had any of the whole Me Too thing go against like he's one of the few actors I feel like I feel like every month we get another actor who's being accused of sexual assault so because we have a really problematic culture surrounding those things it's actually really bad oh yeah no i'm (laughs) i'm not defending those actors i'm just saying it's it's starting to become increasingly rare for actors to actually be like good humans yeah Um, now that that's all being revealed yeah but yeah no he did definitely have some time around then that i think he was in danger of losing the franchise entirely um and then i forget if it was the third one or the fourth one but it was just a huge movie and it was gigantic and super oh and it was around war of the worlds too when that one came out and there was just like this was, narrative that like he's too crazy he's going to be bad for the box office and then he just had a bunch of movies including war of the worlds i think that were giant hits yeah i, th- I, I think that, that would have been ghost protocol because both ghost protocol kind of revived the franchise because i think three didn't do as well because of the stigma surrounding how bad two was yeah um and then and then ghost protocol came out and that's the one that first had a. Uh, Jeremy Renner in it, and that's when I kind of thought, oh, well, maybe Jeremy Renner will be like the new 
Yeah, they kind of did it like they were trying to set him up for that. But then that one made like $680 million in the box office. And they're like, nah, we're good. And then he also like really has rehabilitated his image. You know, he has been less publicly crazy. And I think like fired his publicist and manages things a lot more closely with his family now. Yeah. And he's, you know, people don't think he's weird as much as they used to. He's not really the face of Scientology anymore. He's kind of stepped back from talking about Scientology, Scientology publicly and everything. So. Yeah. Um, also, I'm going to add my own trivia fact to answer a question that I asked a while ago. Uh, he is extremely rich. He has $570 million, uh, making him the richest actor other than Tyler Perry, Shah Rukh Khan, Jerry Seinfeld, 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 uh, Seinfeld uh, and Oprah Winfrey, if that counts, which it doesn't. That is not the list of actors no. I would have expected you to say were richer than tom cruise yep and yet it is i forget about the tyler perry thing seinfeld figured, makes sense seinfeld made i figure tons of i figure it would have been someone like robert downey jr or something i guess not because i know like when robert downey jr was in like by the time iron man 2 came out i know he was he had earned the most money of any actor for that year i think is what it was he's like the probably yeah and sam jackson will do that a lot too he'll top certain years but i think you have you know like uh, seinfeld or something he won't need to be in a lot of movies and make a lot of money because you know his tv show had a million episodes and got syndication and was huge and he made a lot of mm-hmm. money off of yeah. that and writing other things well i've said this a lot about tom cruise but love or hate the movies really since top gun like it from 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 top gun back in what was that 1980 no, it's nineteen eighty, like eighty seven. I want to say. Nah, I think that. Was, I think it's eighty six, eighty seven. Doesn't matter. Anyways, back back from Top Gun, it was eighty six. Okay, eighty six. You busted. Price is right rules. I win. Anyways, um, from nineteen from nineteen eighty six to whenever he did the Mummy, which was in the twenty tens, uh, he never had a box office flop. Like every every movie he ever did was successful. So, there you know. All these other actors, they have those bad movies. Like, every actor has bad movies that don't do well in the box office. But Tom Cruise seems to be pretty much impervious from that. And, I mean, the money still made profit. Not not much. Like, I think once you take into account, like, all the money they spent on merchandising and stuff, it probably lost money. But in terms of budget to box office, it did still make money. Yep. The man's good at what he does. He is. By money, he's the fifth best actor of all time. I mean, maybe so. the best okay. American you, actor. After, if you're going to sit, Winfrey, if you're the best gonna, actress I mean, of all time. If you're going to sit there no and doubt. tell me that Tyler Perry is the best actor in the world. Because one of. One of. Fourth best. <laughs> Fucking Tyler Perry. Yeah. Right after, <laughs> you know, the most prominent. Surprisingly good in Gone Girl, but not good in anything else. Yeah, but he writes and directs and makes a lot of movies. Well, well I know. Yeah, does it Which count? Like, really does it count if he's movies. making money if he's directing a movie or something? I think by acting dollars, Tom Cruise has got to be number one. You know, <laughs> maybe, and yeah. thus our greatest actor, statistically speaking. Uh, maybe so. I think that Indian actor probably still outdoes him. But well, okay, that's true. Oh, is that he is, is he that really popular like Bollywood actor? He's yeah. like in every so. single it Bollywood movie. He's the king of Bollywood. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think we should judge our actors based on how much money they've spent on dinosaur bones. Ooh. I and I, that, that, I guarantee you that's Nick Cage. Nick Cage at the top of that list. Johnny Depp number two, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Tom Cruise is going to be top ten. We can all agree. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. There's I mean, some dinosaur Rob, bones Rob Schneider's going to be in there oh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, Tom Cruise only has them so he can like, build something that he, all like, money. He's, yeah. he's making a dinosaur. He, he saw Jurassic Park and was like, I can do that. But mostly so he can climb it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sounds fun. Well, all right. That's all we have on Mission Impossible 2. Join us next time when we watch Vanilla Sky. I'm Donovan Bruce. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars on iTunes and check out our letterbox for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. Uh, I'm Andrew Mount. Uh, Facebook is a terrible company. It makes you less happy to participate in social media. Don't trust anybody who tries to get you to do it. Uh, for this and other podcasts that we do, visit our website at gcatsmedia.com. One more time, that's G as in gravy, catsmedia.com. I said it one more time, so I'm only saying it twice this time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mason Kuzmich. Uh, Andrew's right. Facebook is a really just god-awful company. It if enabled you, the genocide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do still use it, we're on there. Uh, so you can like us on there. But really, just, I don't know, follow us on Twitter at CruisinitPod. That's at C-R-U-I-S-I-N-I-T-P-O-D. All right, and you've been listening to Cruising It. Everything but Limp Biscuit was a great soundtrack. Can we get Mason like some flags to hold up and like he holds up the green flag if he's trolling <laughs> and it's not a real opinion and then he holds up the red flag whenever it's like a real opinion that he wants people to take seriously. I feel like that takes away from the fun. <laughs> For you. <laughs> but it lets me know when I can just tune out and just like, Here, I'll get, I'll get a, or something. I'll get a couple flags and one of them, like each one will have a vague symbol on them and I won't tell you what e- either of the symbols means but it will correspond to that. We could figure that out extremely quickly. Maybe. We would just see which flag you held up when you were suggesting that the whole movie is a sex fantasy. The serious flag. Yeah, see, he's holding up the green flag right now, guys. (laughs)